married or if you're planning to get married one day, well, this message is for you because you need to get the word of God in your heart concerning marriage to build the kind of marriage that God wants for you. And the scripture I want to share with you might be a surprise to you. We're going to the Old Testament, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12. And it says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work, for their labor. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Yes, two are better than one. That's if they're united, of course. And this is a picture of marriage. Two intertwined strands of rope, each with their own individuality, each with their own limitations are better when they're joined together, when they're working together, if they're working all in unity, of course. If they're pulling in opposite directions, then it's different. But if they wrap themselves around each other, through their union, they form something that is stronger than those two individual strands on their own, because they give their strength to each other through their union. And so this is telling us that husband and wife are to, the, are to wrap themselves around each other, physically and spiritually and emotionally, giving each other love and support. And this is what God meant when he instituted marriage. Right at the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave. That means be united, stick to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Yes, you are to leave and to cleave. You leave all other relationships because now your first loyalty, your first priority after God is to your husband or to your wife. And you are to cleave to them. You are to be united to them. You are to be wrapped. Your two lives are to be wrapped around each other. And the glue, as it were, that wraps, that binds these two strands together is love. What is this love? It's the key to a successful marriage. You know, most marriages are weak nowadays because people do not understand what marriage is. Marriage is a covenant. And when you make those vows to each other, you are making a covenant to each other before God. And that's the strongest kind of relationship. It's stronger than any other kind of relationship. And the kind of love that a husband and wife must have for each other is a covenant love. It's the love that they vow to give each other. And this makes marriage stronger than all other relationships. By these vows, they promise to lay down their life for each other. It's an absolute commitment to love the other person, independent of their performance. And the basis now for how they relate is, in loving one another is their covenant vows. It's not how nice the other person is to you. It's not how loving the other person is to you. The basis for your relationship is the fact that you have committed to love them no matter what. Yes, love isn't just given because the other person has given you love, but you give that love freely because of that covenant that you've made before God. And so we love each other because the covenant requires it, not because the other one deserves it. 
They might be having a bad day. They might be having a bad week, a bad month. But we still have promised before God to love one another, to give to the other person. And so, perfect love gives freely without strings, giving itself continually, not demanding anything in return. And this kind of love will guarantee that the feelings stay alive. And it protects the relationship from that downward spiral where each person punishes the other one for being selfish and then in revenge the other one withdraws their love and so bit by bit things go down and down but instead the other one we inspire one another to greater things by our love this kind of love is more interested in what I can give more than what I can get you know if you're thinking and probably many of you are thinking right now I'm giving more to this relationship than the other one well, praise God. That's how it should be. It should be a competition to outgive the other one. Well, praise God that God designed marriage. And he's given us a promise here in Ecclesiastes. He says, it's better. A godly marriage is better than being alone. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work, for their labor. You know, this confused me for a long time. I thought, well, why should somebody who's married do better off in their, in their workplace? It's not talking about your work to earn money. This is talking about another kind of work. It's talking about the work that you put into your marriage, the effort you put, the time you put, the energy you put into your marriage. It says if you will put effort into your marriage, you will get a good return from that investment, praise God. Yes, you have to work at the marriage. You have to keep the harmony. You have to make compromises. But it will pay off because whatever you put into it, you will get a good return. It will be a good investment. You know, this is the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow love into the marriage, you will reap love. Praise God. And there are many returns for your investment. Sowing and reaping. This passage now tells us the kind of return we will get for our investment of love. The first return is described in verse 10. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10, says, If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. This is the first return we get for the work we put in our, into our marriage. You know, we all face bad times. We all face difficult times. And when we fall, when we fail, when we fall in sin or perhaps discouragement, isn't it wonderful when there's someone there who is there to pick us up? There are bad times, and then the other one is there to help you up. And so when someone falls, others may kick you when you're down. But your partner in life should be there to restore you to lift you up, to restore you in a spirit of gentleness, to help you get back from that sin that you've committed, to, to lift you up and to encourage you again and to give, give you their assurance of their love that they're with you, even though you're going through these difficulties. How wonderful it is to have someone to gently pick you up rather than just kick you. And that's what love is all about. It's all about accepting one another in our weaknesses, in our difficulties. Love is accepting and forgiving. Praise God. You know, it helps to forgive others when we know how much forgiveness we need ourselves. You might say, well, I don't feel like forgiving them. But you know, we all need forgiveness so much, and we should forgive 
as God's forgiven us. We should show mercy, especially to the one that you're married to. Yes, love knows that the beloved is not perfect. Beloved, the beloved will make mistakes. The beloved certainly has many weaknesses, but love accepts the beloved as he is, as she is, and is patient and kind, giving them time to change. Love doesn't keep a list of faults and failures, because both people bring both strengths and weaknesses into the relationship. In fact, the very nature of marriage, really, is that opposites attract. And what you'll find is that in the areas where you're strong, the other one will be weak. And where you're weak, they will be strong. And in fact, you're drawn to their strengths where you feel weak. And that's part of what brings you together and glues you together. Yes, God brings two very different people together so that each one gives of their strengths to fill the other's weaknesses. That's how God meant it to be. And so a weakness in your partner is not for you to look be your superior and to judge them. But instead, it's an opportunity for you to show your love for them, to give that help where they need it. And the response to their weakness is for you to offer your strength to fill that gap. That's how it should be. That way, no one is complete in themselves. And it's in the fulfilling of each other's needs and the completing of each other that the relationship is strengthened. Praise God. You know, if we pretend we have no weakness, you know, and, or if we didn't have any weakness, you know, or if our partner didn't have any weaknesses, you might think, well, it, wouldn't it be nice if they were just perfect and they didn't have any weaknesses? Well, in that case, they wouldn't need you, would they? <laughs> and your relationship wouldn't be very deep. No. But if you work at giving your strength where they are weak, then you will return you will receive a good return for your investment because then when you are weak, they will be more than willing to give their strength to fill up your weaknesses. Let's go back to our passage today. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And now it describes in verse 11 the next return, the next return from your investment into marriage. It says, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Yes, that's the next blessing of a godly marriage. It says they give warmth to each other. I believe this isn't just physical warmth lying down, you know, but it's emotional warmth that they should give to each other. It's that, that kind touch, that reassuring word, that affection. They give each other to keep each other warm because it's a cold world that we live in. And, and we give warmth to each other, physically and emotionally. This is emotional support, particularly, that we give when the other needs it. You know, when the other one is feeling cold, when the other one's feeling down, the other one's there to give that emotional support. And if you give that emotional support to your partner when they need it, then guess what? You'll receive a return from your investment. Because what you sow, you will reap. And they will be willing to give that emotional support back to you when you need it. Hallelujah. Yes, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And now the third return, he tells us in verse 12. The third return says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I like that. 
Yes, isn't it wonderful to have a partner who is united together? It's wonderful to have Hillary and her love and her support. And you know, when you go through difficult times, we can stand together in prayer and agree together and pray together. And together we're stronger. It says that one can put 10 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And as we stand together in faith, praise God, we are so much stronger. Though one may be overpowered. Perhaps it's too big for me alone, but with the extra unity th through Hillary, you know, two can defend themselves. Well, as two stand together under pressure and attack, they are much stronger. When some attack comes against your partner, what's your response? It should be to come to their rescue, to fight for them, to hook up with them. Yes, as you offer your prayers for your partner when they're in difficulty, in their time of need, in their time of stress. Do you give them your help, your loyalty, and help them in their pressure? If you are, you will then receive a good return from them, because when you're under fire, they will be there for you. They'll be fighting for you, praise God. And so two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. This is the promise of God. Whatever work you put into your marriage, whatever effort you make, you will get a good return from that. Husbands, love your wives. And as you love your wives, you will be loving yourself because she will bless you very much in return. But still, we haven't reached the greatest key for a successful marriage. And it's in the final mysterious statement which says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, this is a scientifically accurate statement. Two strands is better than one, but a two-strand rope is not perfect. A two-strand rope, when it's put under pressure, is likely to slip over each other. There's likely to be friction and heat, and a two-strand rope can easily unravel. But it's been scientifically proven that a three-strand rope is the perfect rope. It's the strongest rope. Even if you add a fourth and a fifth strand in, it actually doesn't help it. It actually makes things worse. The three-strand rope is the perfect strong rope. Why is that? Well, the third strand fixes the other two into position, and it adds its strength to them. And then those three intertwined strands are bound firmly together. So who is this third strand. Who is this one that will make all the difference? Well, perhaps you can guess it. It's God himself. You know, in fact, God has revealed himself as a trinity, as a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three-stranded rope is a great picture of the trinity. Three, three persons, yet they're so bound together in love and unity that they form one being, one rope, and together they are bound together in perfect love. And this is a picture of marriage, godly marriage, and that's where we come the closest to fulfilling God's call to be in his image. Isn't it amazing that we are made to be in the image of God, and God's image is fulfilled perfectly in marriage. That's how God has ordained it. Not just man and woman bound together in unity, but man, woman, and God bound together as that three-stranded rope which cannot be broken. Praise God. And we see this in Genesis 
Genesis 1 verse 27 says this, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female he created them. Yes, together, man and woman, make up the more complete image. If they're spiritually joined to God as well, you have three joined together in unity, and then marriage forms the image of the invisible God, full of love. And that's God's purpose in marriage. As God is three, yet perfectly united in one, so God has made man and woman to be distinct personalities, but through their union of love, they become as one in loyalty, in purpose, in life. And they fulfill God's vision, and they glorify God if they do this. And the kind of love needed in marriage is that self-giving, committed love that God has for us. Praise God. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jeremiah 31.3 says, he has loved us with an everlasting love. Praise God. God is love. And the Bible says we are accepted in the beloved. And the Bible also says in Romans 5.5 5, that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Yes, the love we're talking about is not just a feeling. It's a commitment. It's the God kind of love. And so God is the central strand of the rope. And we're the smaller strands that are to wrap ourselves around him, getting our strength, renewing our love through him. And by binding ourselves around the Lord, then the two, the husband and wife, are also bound tightly around each other. Praise God. We can't have this kind of love in our own strength, this giving love. But we, when we find it hard, husband and wife can turn to the Lord and they can, he is the source of all love and they can receive a fresh infilling of love from him. He makes his love available to all of us. If you feel dry, if you feel empty of that love for your partner, come to God and ask him to fill you again. Where you're weak, he will give you his strength. And so believers have access to all the love that they need to make their marriage strong. But we must avail ourselves of that love to build our lives together. And so what God is saying is, for a truly successful marriage, do you want a truly successful marriage? then it's not just about wrapping yourselves around each other. It's about wrapping yourself around the living God whose strength will fill up your weakness when you're weary. He'll supply you with all the love that you need. Yes, especially in the hard times. Every marriage goes through hard times. But if you'll turn to God and wrap yourself around God, He will give you the strength. He'll give you, He will fill you up on that love. You know, if you're looking to your partner, and only to your partner for, for love, that will put a strain on that relationship that will not, will not be fulfilled because they can't meet your deepest needs. You must first trust God and find your love and acceptance from Him. And then you'll have the love to give to your partner and you'll be able to receive and give love to one another. Yes, that's God's vision for love. We are to trust in Him and receive His love, and then we are to give love to Him and to one another. And it's this fellowship of love, of giving and receiving love to each other, that's the glue that binds us together and keeps that marriage strong 
the three-stranded cord that can't be broken. I want to read this verse from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength, he gives love, he gives power to the weary, and increases the power of the weak. Are you weak in your love? Then he will give you strength. Even youths grow tired and weary, and the young men stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. This word wait is very interesting. It actually means entwine themselves. It says those who entwine themselves around the Lord, those who wrap themselves around the Lord, shall renew, shall exchange their strength. They'll exchange their weakness for God's strength. He will fill them with his love. And they will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Praise God. And so God says, reach out to me, wrap yourself around me, receive my love. You can't love your partner as you should in your own strength. That will run out. But turn to me. I am the source of love. And I will fill you with my love. Whatever hardships your marriage is facing, if you turn to God in the good times, in the bad times, asking for his help, he will fill you with his love. And you will come through that stronger than other ever. You'll be able to walk consistently in love towards your partner. Praise God for the love of God that he makes available to us. His love is there for us. If you will wrap yourself around the Lord and put, your, put at him at the center of your marriage, praying together, receiving his love, loving him, you'll form an unbreakable marriage that is constantly being renewed by his love and you'll receive a great reward for your efforts. Yes, otherwise your, your, your marriage will become weary, it will become empty of love, you'll be unable to give. But if you come together to God to fill you again with his love and wrap yourself around the main cord, praise God, you'll receive an infusion of his strength, of his love, and of love for one another, and you'll found yourself bound close together in his love with him at the center of your life. I want to pray for you now and your marriage, or perhaps your future marriage, and I want you to receive this prayer. Lord, I pray for everyone here listening to this message. Lord, whether they're married or not, Lord, you call most of us to be married. Lord, I ask you, that you will bless their marriage. Lord, cause them both to wrap themselves around you. Lord, fill them both with love for each other and for you, that they will be not just two strands together, rubbing, rubbing over each other all the time, but let them invite you into the middle of their marriage and let them be filled with your strength and your power. Let them be that three-stranded cord that cannot be broken and let their marriage glorify you as they are your image in the earth. Hallelujah. God bless you and go with God.